Senna is trying to go through on the inside, and it's happened immediately. This is amazing. Senna goes off at the first corner. Well, that is amazing, but I fear absolutely predictable. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Undercut Podcast. We're back in the nick of time. Why do you keep writing nick of time in the script? I always get these out on time. We're back in time for the Japanese Grand Prix and uh, we're, we're excited for returning to Japan. I say we're excited. There's more than me on the show this evening. We have Timo Albus Daly. How are you this evening? I'm very well, thank you, Jesse Billington. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, looking forward to a very exciting Japanese Grand Prix and annoyingly the last Japanese Grand Prix that's going to fall on my birthday weekend. I've got, I think, Qatar next year. I'm not overly excited for that. Yeah, but there we go. So I'm to celebrate the last Japanese Grand Prix on my birthday weekend and for once the, it, the Grand Prix falls on my birthday as well. So whoop whoop there. Anyway, we'll move on from the important things of my birthday to Ellie Mae Taylor. How are you this evening? I'm good, thank you. That, that's just okay. it. That's just it. She's, she's good. Yeah. She's good. You can never shut her up, can we, Jesse? Oh, she goes I'm a woman of few I... words. We know. Depend If that subject is George Russell, yeah. Um, <laughs> and as ever, we are joined by a fantastic guest. We have Ellie Thompson joining us this evening. How are you, Ellie? I am not bad. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Extra good. <laughs> We've just got some good guests, as it seems. So we'll rattle on to our first major section, which is what the hell has happened. And we'll dip into a quick bit of news. Uh, as you would have probably heard us mention on the Singapore Grand Prix review, the F1 calendar will see six sprint races in the running for 2023. Apparently feedback has been positive, so they're doubling down their efforts. No word on where these sprints will be yet. We've already sort of touched on this one. So I think, unless Timo, you've got anything more to add? Just wanted to say that no word on where these sprints will be at or who these fans are that they keep saying are saying it's all so positive and how much they're paying them to say these things or if it's just going around the room and asking each other, do you like this? Yes. Do you like this? Yes. Okay, we'll do this then. That, that counts as a survey. So, I mean, again, I could go off on one. I won't. I'll be good. I'll behave. I'll be quiet. Appreciate it. We've already touched on this one. So if you want to find out what we think about the sprints, go back and listen to the Singapore Review uh, a crucial thing, again, something we'll only touch on because we don't really know all the details of this yet. Um, the cost cap infringements around the sort of build up the Singapore Grand Prix. We had a huge furore build up about Red Bull and Aston Martin apparently having breached the cost cap last season. So this is all just being ratified now. We should know by Wednesday, but we record this on a Monday. So possibly we'll just know by the, day the Japanese after. review. We'll know by the Japanese review we're, whether or not anything's happened. We're always out of date. Like a law book, we're, we're always, always out of date. Yeah, it's slightly out of sync, but... Um, Do not use that to advertise the podcast. <laughs> I will not clip that and turn that into a little TikTok thing. Um, early reports, however, suggest that Red Bull and Aston Martin are going to be fined £7 million each and have had wind tunnel time deducted. Whether or not that is gospel or not, Different matter. That's just hearsay from the paddock at this point. So uh, that's just what move on to the one. Lawrence Stroll gives Lance his pocket money, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's his, that's his spending well, money for the sweet shop. That was the first I've heard of that seven million thing, as you could mm. probably tell. <laughs> yes, yeah, that one came from Ziggo Motorsport, which I tend to take with a big pinch of salt. To be fair, as good as they mm. are for sort of broadcasting Grand Prix, when it comes to the actual facts of reporting, I uh, 
I just yeah. also want to know why, as part of the £7 million that Lawrence gives Lance for pocket money, he also gives him wind tunnel time. What's he doing in there all by himself? Why is it practice? That's very it's to give his hair it. height. Ah. It's, it's always so voluminous. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine Fernando Alonso next year in the wind tunnel? Oh. Just standing there, just a L'Oreal advert. If a L'Oreal sponsored them next year, called it first. Just sat in a deck chair, wind blowing his hair, Fernando's living his life. Wearing some robes, doing his best Jesus impression. Anyway, we'll move on from potentially Aston Martin and Red Bull uh, breaking the cost cap regulations. As I've con- I've chatted with Ellie May about this and she said to not break the law, we should just say potentially. Um, as that keeps us all clear, doesn't it, Ellie May? Yeah. You're our legal advisor. Um, and the third news point is another one we won't really touch on because we've already talked it to death in pretty much every episode prior to this. Um, Hulkenberg versus Schumacher for the second Haas seat, apparently. It looks like Haas are willing to keep uh, young Mick Schumacher, but potentially Nico Hulkenberg is uh, looking to push him out. Anyone have anything to say on that matter? Or anything new to say on that matter? I'm so torn between that because I love Mick. And I think he's doing an excellent job this season, despite sort of the criticism he's getting. Whenever he's um, had to fight anyone on track, he's done it very well and very fairly. Um, Crikey, he has. Yeah. But at the same time, I so want Nico Hulkenberg back. And I know that I jinx every driver or track, anything like that. It'll go well. Yeah. I will buy every single piece of merchandise of Nico Hulkenberg's and hope that I don't jinx him. I am wearing a Ferrari top at the minute, so maybe I've just jinxed the whole season. I do think um, losing Mick from the grid would be a shame because he has done well this year so far. And Nico, like, yeah, I love him as well, but at the same time, I kind of think maybe... He's kind of had his his time in F one. I think so, it's yeah. the awkward thing, and I will not go too long about this. But all the candidates that we've had for that seat, aside from Mick, are all drivers that are not currently in F one. And Nick DeFries was the only one where it seemed immediate that yeah, this guy needs a seat, but that may be solved in another team, so we're not really mentioning him too much. But I think it goes back to the thing of regardless of how much you might like. Hulkenberg or any of the other former F1 drivers who've been in contention for that seat, it still kind of takes the piss out of F2 a bit there with Drogovic, the best he can get is a reserve driver role with Aston Martin and Battle for Second still ongoing but if Table Chair gets that he's looking for a place in F1, he's not going to get that with Alfa Romeo, Haas would maybe be open to that and again maybe tap into that French market a bit more and see what, see what they can do there because he's been quite a young talent there. and It's just one of those things where you want to see the, the young blood coming through there because as much as we're enjoying seeing Callum Eilert, Christian Lungard and co over in IndyCar, and no offence to IndyCar, it's a brilliant series, but that's not where they were dreaming of being when they were racing up through the ranks of F3 and F2. And if it goes to a driver who's essentially been out of the sport for three years, it kind of sends the wrong message there and again takes the piss out of everything that F1 is supposedly saying that they're standing for in terms of promoting all these young up-and-coming talents and then you can't actually get there and you can't stay in F2. No, I agree with that. And I also think um, 
with Drogovic being what's his official t- title with Aston Martin? Is he development driver? Lance like, I have no idea. I'm just anything. But you know, he has obviously he has that link now, like um with, after winning the F two championship. And it's like Alonso's gone there, yeah, okay. And he's on a multi year contract. And I don't see Lance leaving anytime soon, so there's not even going to be a seat available there for Drogovic, so it's kind of like, where is he going to go? And it goes back to what I said um, about W Series and, and Jamie with that Indy Lights test, how Indy Lights is so much better in the sense that if you win that championship, you get the seat in IndyCar, mm. which is something that the FIA permit obviously doesn't offer, which is a big shame, and you know that does need to change. I do Whether think... it changes or not is another. Yeah, I do, I do think it's weird that we've got three seats up for contention and Drogovic's name isn't mentioned for any of them. Mm, it's a it's an odd little conundrum he's found himself in and potentially he's pulled the trigger too soon on jumping into the Aston Martin, not even seat, role. And just because he knows he can't go back into F2, he's obviously already wrapped up the title for it, but he obviously wanted to get something before all the other F2 drivers sort of stumble out of the series with nowhere to go. So it's potentially, yeah, he's, he's made be his fair, call though, a bit early. He has gone kind of, how many years has he, has he been in F2? I don't know, is it two or three? I don't three. Know. This is his third season. And he's gone all of that time not having um, any links to like an F1 team, like not being part of like a driver academy or whatever. So... In that sense, he has done like obviously really well for himself because he's not getting the same kind of experience. So I guess should be more as, reason as to some get drivers something are. because it's, exactly. it's made it more difficult for himself in a way, and yeah. proving that you can do it and you don't need to be affiliated with them. And it's just a shame that he's gone for the one team, or he's not going to get in there anytime soon. It's but definitely anyway. an interesting thing, and I think it's it's a conundrum that's going to bubble away for the rest of the season, without a doubt. But speaking of the rest of the season, we've still got Japan to get through, and that's what we're going to preview, with a quick chance to actually look backwards and go previously at the Japanese Grand Prix. So when did we last go there? 2019. It's been like Singapore, three years since we last raced in Japan. And the question is, how did that pan out? Well, if you wind the clocks back, it was uh, an interesting one, actually, due to weather forecasts relating to Typhoon Hagabis, if you can remember that one. Um, all the events planned for Saturday were cancelled. This included three practice three and qualifying, the latter of which was rescheduled for Sunday morning, a few hours before the race started. In the delayed qualifying, Ferrari locked out the front row, Mercedes the second row, Red Bull the third row, McLaren the fourth row, with the final two grid spots being taken up by Gasly in his Toro Rosso and Roman Grosjean in his Haas so it's quite a neat sort of stacking pattern of uh, sort of pairs of drivers coming through the grid there come the race Vettel had a pretty bad start from P1 and actually bunches up the pack with Bottas sneaking past on the outside into turn one Sean Leclerc then uh crashed into Max Verstappen in just an incident coming through the S-curves. Charles ran on with the damage for as long as he possibly could, negotiating the flat 130R turn with one hand hanging onto his wing mirror with the other, which was quite an impressive move, really. Uh, Norris and Albon collide at one point as they both dive into the Casio Triangle chicane, and Max eventually retires from the race with the damage inflicted by Charles. Will repeat itself, I wonder? I wouldn't be surprised. It would be good for Charles Leclerc's championship. Um, Lewis moans about his tyre choices with the high deg forcing a two-stop strategy, but it does pull him back into the race with some clever Mercedes play there. 
Charles makes good on coming through the field after stopping early to fix the damage from his lap one incident. Very near the end of the race, Gasly sends Perez into the wall at turn two. Bottas picks up a win for the first time that season since Baku, so it took him a He didn't really have a big showing that season, Bottas. And uh, Vettel pips Lewis the line for P2. Charles doesn't pick up the fastest lap, though, and as a result, Mercedes collect the drivers and constructors titles. After this, it's just down to Bottas or Lewis to see who will take the actual driver's crown. Either way, it's going to that one of the Mercedes drivers. So, championships have been wrapped up in Japan before. It'll be interesting to see what we find out this weekend with Max Verstappen. I think with the points gap closed up, he can't do it in Japan. Or he might have to, but he needs Perez and Charles to really not do very well. I, haven't I was done just wondering if they might be a kind of mirror repeat there of... It's not Mercedes who are going to have to decide the driver's side between them, but maybe it's going to be a weekend where it's it's going to be a Red Bull, but which Red Bull driver is it? Yes, that's going to be the interesting thing to make. And uh, we'll have a quick flick back and see where the track favours historically. And we'll work from 2009 forwards for sake of ease. Uh, Vettel has four wins, as does Lewis. Rosberg has one, as do Button and Bottas around the circuit. Constructors-wise, it's four for Red Bull, one for McLaren, and the remaining six belong to Mercedes. Speed is a key part of this circuit with long, fast-flowing corners. Drivability isn't as much of a key element, so I can see Red Bull having a good turn of speed here. Ferrari might be able to stay in touch if they can get their tyres to last. Degradation does play a significant role. Look out for Perez and signs being made to go long to cover the undercut from Verstappen or Leclerc, depending on who's doing what at what point in time. Mercedes do have an okay shot here, though they struggled on previous street circuits. The calmer nature of Suzuka might give them a shot to get into a rhythm. Whether they have the outright pace to match Ferrari and Red Bull is a different matter. Between Alpine and McLaren, it could be close. If Alpine can sort out whatever caused their double DNF in Singapore, they could do well with a typically faster package. Which leads us neatly into our predictions. Yes, I have gone terribly, terribly boring, but I'm also kind of half trying to still get some points in our predictions game, so that is why I've gone for Max Verstappen for pole position. That car, that driver, that track, kind of says enough for itself, really, doesn't it? It's fairly self-explanatory. Um, I could see it happening, but I predicted Charles Leclerc going for pole, so... I'm optimistic for his title fight coming back to pole him. Pole position isn't the optimistic part about your predictions, to be honest, because Charles Leclerc's pole position is very feasible. It's everything else that's a bit of a gamble. Yes, he does have... I think he's got the record for the most poles for Ferrari since Michael Sch- in the seasons for Ferrari since Michael Schumacher. In 2001. And he also has a terrible pole conversion rate, about 22% or something. So if he gets pole, he's only a 22% chance he turns it into a win, which... It's not a good statistic to have. But it's anyway, the size of Yuki Tsunoda. Well, yeah, that's a very small chance. Um, we're speaking... Uh, uh, there's no easy way of segueing that into Ellie May, your pole, your pole position prediction, please. Uh, I've got Max Verstappen as well. I think it's a power-hungry track. And I know Singapore was is quite different, but he... He would have got pole there by quite the margin. I know it's different circumstances, but I think they're just... I think if it all comes together, then, yeah, he should be, in theory, the fastest. In theory. In theory. In practice is a different matter. And, Ellie, 
Who do you think is going to take pole position? Max as well. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I just have, it would just be good because I think he can win the championship this weekend. I, I think, think it's like probably... if he wins it with like faster slap, I think he wins it no matter what. I swear I saw something like that today on Twitter, but you know, like this is Twitter, so who knows. Um, but yeah, and as well because it's the home of Honda. So I think Max, and if not Max, then Checo for that reason. Interesting, cool. Timo, we'll go back to you to hear your idea for the podium. I'm trying to figure out why it says what it says, because I could have sworn I predicted a Yuki win this weekend. Yeah, um, you did write these a long time in advance and then immediately obviously forgot that at the beginning of the season with Ben Wellham, you predicted a Yuki Sonoda podium in Japan specifically. Ah, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Bugger. Um, so you can do change you, do them. I take you've off written the here. Podium? Yes, but I'm thinking, who do I take off the podium? Because I didn't say Yuki win, I just said you podium. Hmm. Do I get any points if I get a Yuki podium for the preseason prediction? We're still competing that, and a winner will be announced at the end of the year. Is that a, is that a separate Separate championship. championship. Blast. Hmm. Well, you know what? I'll cover my bases then, and I'll stick with this, and maybe I'll get lucky on at least one of them. And now that I've said that, I shall lose terribly. So, Charles Leclerc will win the race, somehow. Carlos Sainz will be in second place and Sergio Perez will be in third. That is my prediction. It's not... It's strangely bold considering Ferrari this year. Strangely bold, but it does look like what you, what we've done is basically you and I have taken yeah, the same three me. drives and just hit shuffle. I haven't copied you. Oh, did you, oh sorry, sh- sorry, sorry. You Aston Martined me. I've Yeah, I've simply reworked you it into the original my, content. Yeah. I've gone Charles Leclerc win, Sergio Perez second place, Carlos Sainz third. Ellie May? I've gone Max Verstappen win, Sergio Perez second, Lewis Hamilton in third. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. And Ellie? I'm going to say Max Verstappen first, uh, Charles Leclerc second and Sergio Perez third. Interesting. Max Verstappen, Charlotte Flair, Perez. Mm. So at least everyone's got something slightly different. We'll wait and see who pans out with something correct. The question is fastest lap. Timo, you've gone for Lewis Hamilton. Mr. Sir Lewis Hamilton. I, Japan, he loves Japan. It's. I was looking at these last six races, and okay, Singapore was a bit of a cock-up, as we've mentioned in our Singapore review. But... He does, all the remaining tracks on this calendar, he does like them a lot, and he does historically do quite well at all of them. Um, And I think just maybe if we see a bit of rain, it would help as well, in terms of the Mercedes beating a Red Bull. But at the same time, if my world, I've realised my world predictions buggered me up a bit as well here for my, well, not too badly, but it's, yeah, I make my life difficult is what I'm trying to say there. but if the Red Bulls are not in the race, or at least Max isn't, then it opens the door up for other people. And as we saw in Singapore, George can just go and take that fastest lap just to prevent Ferrari or Red Bull from getting that point, even if they don't gain it themselves. So maybe Lewis will actually get that point and he'll be in a position, like Eddie Mays in third place, to, to just do that. And you can never really count him out. Once he, If he gets that kind of rugged determination form that he had after qualifying in Singapore, then... Yeah, he'll go for fast as that. 
it's a fair call whether or not the car is actually able to do the fastest lap, especially if you've got the Red Bulls and Ferraris ahead of it. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I've gone for the fairly down the middle idea of Max Verstappen fastest lap. Um, fast driver, fast car, circuit that he should run well on. It makes perfect sense, uh, but it doesn't correlate with my podium because I can see potentially Verstappen having an ongoing streak of bad luck. So We can only hope. Ellie May? I've gone for George Russell. Are you feeling well? Maybe just in the style that he did this time round where Perez had the fastest lap and he thought, I'm going to take that off you because we're still kind of fighting for those second, third, fourth positions. And every point counts. Fair enough. Ellie, what about yourself? I think for similar reasons to Jesse, I'm going to go with Max. And also because I do just think I don't know. I just it would just be nice to kind of see it happen at the home of Honda. I'm sensing you're a Max Verstappen fan here. Mm. I'm just getting this this no. Not 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 really. I mean at the start of the year I was kinda of like, Oh yeah, I'd like to see Charles win the championship and I've kind of gone through with that until it kind of became a bit harder. And now it's just like Control yourself, Jesse. Yeah. The eternal struggle of being a Ferrari fan. <laughs> Um, the real question is, wild predictions. Timo, yours is possibly the wildest of the lot. And why I should get extra points just for ballsiness, but you still disagree with me on that one. I want to say that Max Verstappen DNFs as Stroll lances him into a corner that he doesn't belong in and crashes out of the race. Why would they be Which near each other on definitely track? Disapproves of. Well, you know... It just shouldn't. It shouldn't be down in tenth place, should he? Anyway, shouldn't be fighting for positions down there. Wow. Maybe Lance Stroll's up the top. Didn't think about that, did you? Be realistic, though. Be realistic, though. Yeah. Or is that your world prediction? No. (laughs) See, I've gone for. I say we see three DNFs, and all for somewhat different reasons. And again, this usually sees Timo calling me out as being a coward, but I said three different reasons, so we're not going to have two drivers crashing into each other. No, but do you want to say what those reasons are, or do you want to be a little worse about it? No, there could be a cow that runs onto circuit and Nicholas Latifi crashes into that. That's one reason. I didn't say you have to be ridiculous. I just said... But as long as they are uniquely specific reasons, one can be engine failure, one can be simply ineptitude, and one can be sucked off the face of the earth by a small wormhole. I don't know. As long as they are three different reasons for a driver to not finish the race, that's what I'm going for. Either up it to five or give us some reasons. If I up it to five, I crash into Ellie May's prediction, which I'm already going to have to force her to... Up it to seven. Yeah, you've already said no to my prediction. Yeah. I'm sticking with my three. And then you've got to have reasons. reasons. You've got to justify why she can't have that prediction. No, they're just going to be different. The, I, look, I'm, look, I think I'm playing myself do hard you, enough. Do you want to saying... win this predictions championship on actual skill and ballsiness, or do you want to do it because you were safe? I'd rather we have people in the comments section calling me out like... Um, or make loads is... and loads of accounts. <laughs> Abu Dhabi 2021, I want to be called out as much as Michael Massey was for that. That's as, uh, I, If I win it, I don't care. But if the people in the comments are going absolutely ape at me for it, I'm still a winner. At least show them how it's done and make a proper world prediction for us. 
it's hard because the bar's low. Like, Jesse said it very low. It's, it's, it's fine. Well, yeah, that is true. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably not very well considering we've seen it happen a lot recently. Um, but Ferrari are going to have some some issues. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, right, Timo, you're now going to have to be really mean to the guest and say, oh, come on, be specific, you coward, like you do to me. I could do, but that would be impolite to a guest, which goes against the very core of my being, whereas you're just a commoner that I don't have to be nice to at all. So I can just segue nicely into Ellie Mae. What is your wild prediction? Well, I was going to go for five DNFs, but Jesse said no. Well, luckily, this is a democracy, so if you vote yes and I vote yes, then we're all good on that one. You can have five DNFs. It's either that. Or I stick to the one that I had last time. Which well, was Lance Stroll being up in the top six. No, that Latifi doesn't crash, or if he does, it's due to no fault of his own. Yeah, you just stick with that one until it eventually <laughs> happens, and then you twist and pick a new one. five more attempts at that, to be fair. Can I go for both and then get a point if either of them pan out? Because either... I kind of want that now because then he'll DNF and be one of the five DNFs. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I was about to say what do we think listeners, but no one listens to this live. Um, <laughs> like we've got some sort of crowd to G up for it. I'm going to say you stick with the Latifi prediction. And then it, if... Force your hand. What, and then when we get five DNFs, I will... You know I'll inevitably moan about it. You get to have smoke it. bragging rights over Jesse and you can... Yeah, if it that. gets to five, I will give you the point for that. But All right, if, how okay, about... Yeah, essentially, you've got two chances for points. How about... Wait, are you saying I get two chances of points? Or that I... Yeah, if you can... You, I can have both. The base one is, Lati- is Latifi. Yes. But if we do get five DNFs, I'll give you an extra point. I'll do a Bernie Eccleston oh. and just assign points at random. Thank you. I mean, you're leading already. I don't know why you need the extra points. I'm just I know, fine. but this this makes me very happy. Seeing as you've been very mean to me about my predictions in the past, it feels like like it's come back and I've now got good karma. In that spirit, then, as I predicted Yuki Podium, no. if he does get a podium here, I shush you. <laughs> I won't talk to you. Uh, then I should get an extra point for that. Because it's it's more unlikely to happen than Latifi crashing, let's face it. So if anyone should okay. get an extra point for that. Okay, so we'll, if we do that, we'll be generous and we'll give that. If it's exactly three DNFs, then Jesse gets an extra point for being like on point. But if it's three or more, he gets one. So if it's three, he gets two points. If it's one, if there's more than three, he, he gets also two only gets one point if... Those three DNFs are all for, like, if there's more than, um, if there's not more than three different, if there's not three different reasons, if there's, like, two of the same thing. Yeah, well, I was, it's kind of, if there's exactly three DNFs and they're all for the different reason, then he gets, like, it's so spot on that it's two points. If it's three DNFs for, uh, like, two of them have crashed, he don't, like, he'll only, well, no, he doesn't get a point at all, does he? But I mean, if it's no. like, I mean, if he gets, if there's like four DNS or more, he only then still gets one point. Well, no, he gets zero then. Yeah, because I've predicted still just wrong. Are you just DNS. sticking with three, like, as in, like, yeah, completely specifically accurate? three. I've not gone three plus, okay. but just three. So for some reason, I've given both you and Timo points for chance for double points over the predictions. And I tried to give oh, you a bonus one, and you said, no, thanks. 
because Timo always moans at me for being specific and being non-specific and being a coward, and I'm standing up to him, standing up to the man. Is it worth Despite it? the fact that it's my podcast, but... Our podcast, but all right. There's three of us here. I started it. Yeah, that was up for debate. I'm pretty sure there's an episode where you give me credit for starting this. Pretty sure there's an episode where someone else hosts it and they've got Karun Chandok on it and it's called the Drive Drive Formula One podcast, but that's a different matter. Anyway, before we ramble off on that one, we should probably finish our predictions there. Ellie, it's been a pleasure having you here. Where can people find you in the meantime if they'd like to see more of you? Um, all across socials, Twitter and Instagram. This is just Ellie does F1. Perfect. Ellie May, where can people find you in the meantime? I Check can the be... I can be found on Instagram doing my key takeaways on the Undercut podcast or I can be found on TikTok if Jesse gives me any content. I sent you three things for the last <laughs> you episode. You said that in a pretty high pitch voice. The helium finally got to him. <laughs> the helium did finally get to me. I sent you three very funny clips from our last episode. You did. I, I did. You kind of sent them a bit late into the week so I only did one. But I appreciate I it. Thank you. Jesse, where can people find you before we get into more bickering? When we're not bickering on the podcast, people can find me uh, on Instagram and Twitter uh, as Jesse on Cars. You can also find the podcast over on Twitter as well. Just look up the Undercut podcast. We're over there. You can go and shout at us or give us some questions that you'd like answering because we figured pretty much after the season we'll do a Q&A episode. So if you have questions that you need answers for related to F1 or otherwise, um, hit us up in the DMs and uh, see what they are. And if you want physical stuff from me, uh, support print media and buy Classic Car Weekly. I'm in that. I've got an interview with Richard Hammond, which you should be able to go and buy now. Lovely stuff. As for myself, if you want to see more of me, there's On the Curbs, my motorsport interview podcast series, as well as the Nitro RX podcast, which has a new episode out this week. Lots of fun stuff there, including Jensen Button's debut, so lovely fun. And I do some writing for Is It Fast and Paddock Sorority, and you can find me on Instagram. So all of that for all four of us will be in the episode details in the description below. And with that, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.